The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Game Over Montreal. It's Andrew Berkshire and Mark Dumal here for you tonight on a rare Sunday night game. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens lose to the Nashville Predators. And I'll be honest with you, folks, it was a pretty shit game for the first half. But second <laughs> half, not so bad for your Montreal Canadiens. Uh, maybe Mark and I will disagree. We'll, we'll talk it out in the story of the game here coming up. Uh, but first, remind everyone who is watching right now, please like the stream. It helps oh, yeah. uh, push the YouTube algorithm to... Uh, send this to everyone else that logs on and types Habs into their search bar or watches Habs highlights and suggests it on the videos on the side. Helps us grow organically. And if you really want to help us, share us on your favorite social media of choice. Hey, and subscribe to us on Apple or Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. And if you really, really like Mark and I, like an unhealthy amount, then uh, write, write us a review too. Tell everybody how good we mm -hmm. are so that you can help us out. It really does help. All right. Welcome to the show. Mark, um, I'm not going to lie. I think halfway through this game, if I wasn't being paid, I would have turned it off. <laughs> I'm glad you're not lying to me. Um, you know what? I, I actually thought this was one of the better Montreal Canadiens performances this year. Like they Overall, had a huge, yes. huge advantage in high danger chances. They were playing really well. Um, they only allowed like 17 odd man rushes against, which is about half of what they, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I actually thought, but you're right. It, the first half was really not, so great and i think some of that had to do with the refereeing but yes. i actually had no issue with the refereeing tonight so I'll, I'll i'll play devil's advocate for the evil zebras tonight and shout out to everyone in the chat all our usual favorite people and uh dashirin is here hello well absolutely how's it going dashirin's already saying make sure to like the chat so i'm a big fan I love I love it when our chat is telling everyone to like. They the have show. to do it. That's... It's because it, it's I'm on a lot. That's my issue. I always forget. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've been forgetting lately too. Although I haven't been hosting a lot lately, so I guess I can't really say that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think early on, like I'm not going to really complain about the officiating in this one. I think there's only two legitimate complaints about mm -hmm. the officiating. I think the Mike Matheson penalty was bogus, but I understand that that's a call that gets called the, the tripping penalty in the first period. Where he reached well, yeah, around, yeah, that was the one the, that was questionable in the first period. Yeah, yeah. questionable, yeah. not insanely brutal, because the guy did fall after, right? Like mm -hmm. a, a ref from the wrong angle is going to call that, and mm -hmm. just like the the change in how the game was officiated from period to period was quite stark, right? That's a little bit confusing, but overall, all the calls that they called were definitely calls. 
they missed some big ones for both teams. I don't think either team really had an advantage no, from the refereeing. No, no, no. And at even strength, the Canadians flat out kicked the Panthers or not the Panthers, sorry, the Predators asses in this one. What was, it was like, like I didn't, what was it 14 to two or something? The high danger chances at five, five. I haven't, let me see here. It was um, 15, 15 six. six. Okay. That's yeah. probably the highest advantage. The Canadians controlled almost 72% of the high danger chances. That's absolutely great. And uh, I, I think it came, it was their power play that really let them down, but the power play yes. didn't look that, ah, you know what? It, it struggled. It's it's the bar is so low, like it, it, it is. It's like limbo championship <laughs> levels. Um, but no, I thought it was actually a really good game, and it's just another kind of a slow start by the Canadians cost them right. But this tonight, to me, if this if the Habs come out and do this every single night, uh, they're a playoff team. I agree. I agree. Now, I mean, I think they need to show a little bit more consistency in terms of uh, like how they play the first half of the game. Like most of their mm-hmm. They're great play. They started out great. Then the parade to the penalty box happened for both teams. It kind of threw them off. And Nashville mm-hmm. kind of took over. And I think what was frustrating about watching this one was like Nashville was not playing well, right? They were playing better than the Canadians for a stretch. But like the way they were attacking was let's just circle around the perimeter and fire shots and try to like get tips and rebounds. And that kind of hockey doesn't work very often. No. So to lose to that kind of hockey must have been really frustrating. But I, I have to give credit to the Habs. Yeah. They're a tired team. I know they're also facing a tired team, but I do think the Canadians had to play harder and longer. They had a chance night, yesterday. Having... Yeah, they actually right. they were in the and, game. And Nashville got blown out by, by the Leafs last night. So I don't think they were as exhausted mm-hmm. as the Canadians were. But, man, that third period, one of the best third periods of the season, one of the best periods of the season, is just this team is, they're tired. They couldn't finish. Yeah. And sometimes... It's good to lose these games. And I know that that's a tough thing when you're in a rebuild and you want to see teams win game. But it was kind of like the LA game, right? I wasn't able to watch the third period of that game, but I watched the first two periods. What do you expect, right? (laughs) Right. And I expected them to get like railroaded. And I was surprised actually when I looked at the underlying numbers because watching the game, I thought the first 40 minutes of that LA game, Mm -hmm. the Canadians were very much in it. And from a puck possession standpoint, actually were the better team from what I saw. So at least way better than they were against LA last time. Right. So I think there's positives to take out of this game and not getting that extra one point or two points is probably good for when it comes to draft lottery time. This is the type of uh, my buddy, Sean on, on, on Twitter will love this, this type of game, right? Good, honest effort. Uh, didn't get any points in the standings, but I'll say Andrew right now, and I think this is kind of how Martin St. Louis is looking at it, is is the honest effort there. Because if it's not, yeah, you absolutely get to, to to ream these guys out and yell at them. Tonight, there's nothing you can say. You know, there's really nothing to yeah. say. I think Saros played really, really, really well, as uh, the Sharin mentions. Saros didn't play last night. He came in fresh. Yeah, kind of like Jake Allen. I thought Jake Allen played really well. And Andrew, that first goal by Sissons, the puck was going wide by about four feet. That was... I love tremendous. love deflections like that. Like I I love uh, I, was, I love it when they give just just a just a tip, but it was just one of those beautiful one in a hundred deflections, and you can't get mad at that, right? So overall, especially for a young team, I feel it's harder for them to come out after day two and uh, uh, give as much of an effort, right? It takes a long time for your body to get used to it. Like we saw Slavkovsky tonight, a little slower. Because he doesn't have that that experience to have his body ready for like the full eighty two games, right? So, 
I don't mind when the young guys kind of run out of gas. Uh, it takes a few years for you to get ready to play every single night, 82 nights a game, 82 uh, games a season. And uh, yeah, like, again, it's a moral victory, but as moral victories go, that was a good moral victory. A hundred percent. Yeah. King of the North says, uh, how does Jake Allen stop that first goal? You don't, you don't. No the, one does. The only way is if he was much bigger and out of position. Yeah. Right. Like that's the only way he gets that puck. There's no way you're stopping that. It's just impossible. No, and like, no, no, you don't know. Even the second goal, which was off a big Jake Allen rebound, I don't really fault him for because you could the intention was to kick the rebound out to the boards, right? And yeah. it just so happened there was a guy there and his guys were on the wrong side of the ice to defend. It was a giveaway. I, that too. is probably like, yes, yeah. That is probably the best hmm. overall news out of this game for like the future of the Canadians is that Jake Allen looked really good yeah. in front of the Oilers uh scout. I think they, they're like they're like head goalie scout was at the game today. Was he? So yeah. Okay. Good. I, Jake hold on. Allen, I gotta make a note for tomorrow morning. They're yeah. gonna write about that. <laughs> it's been a bit of a struggle for Allen lately. Uh, it's not all of it his fault, no, but he's kind of gotten into games that have gotten away from him. Yeah. It was really nice to see him be really excellent tonight, and I I do think he was excellent. I don't think he was challenged to the extent that like Primo was last night, but no. there were some big moments where he had to make big saves, and he did that to keep this game winnable for the canadians and yeah they didn't get the win for him but he gave them everything that they needed to win and uh during the power play there with where i i believe matheson fell it wasn't really his fault um speaking of which matheson's looked a lot better recently like you know that yes. whole bump at the beginning of the year i don't know something was off but matheson's looked very good um recently he fell i'm not going to blame him for that but um you know Again, you don't want to see odd man rushes against the Habs, but there were fewer tonight. And and that one was a big one, right? That's shorthanded to high danger saves. Yep. Jake Allen looked really good. And I think if you're the Oilers, what are you looking for, Andrew? You're not looking for a guy to save your life, right? You're looking for a guy who'll just make it one damn save per period. You're not, yep. you're not, you know, you don't need a guy that's going to be a 930. A 910, a 915 is a huge upgrade, you know? So tonight I'm guessing... A 900 is a huge upgrade. <laughs> Like, man yeah because you know what 915 is actually getting above average in the nhl now i think yeah i have to readjust but uh yeah i'm sure they like what they saw and and it in my opinion andrew it's it's overdue to get the goalie issue solved like i, I think maybe i'm probably agreed. making a bigger deal of it than i should but i just get the sense that all three goalies hate it did you see jake allen last night he came out first thing he said he's like well i can tell you i'm not playing you know like <laughs> that, that was before the game so I know for a fact Primo hates it. Montembeau probably isn't as worried now, but uh, it's not healthy. Just figure something out, man. Bite the yeah, bullet. Yeah, they it do happen. need to solve it. it it's yeah. gone on long enough. You know, we're yeah. into month three now. Um, I think we've got to realize that no matter, <clears throat> you know, unless it's going to be a multi-part trade where the Oilers are jettisoning it, it, some it, cap space, okay, it, it's yeah. not going to be a big return, right? No, so, it's going to be like a fifth-round pick, man. Like, yeah, if you're, I mean, if you're if, lucky. If all this is for the difference between a fifth round pick and a third round pick, Kent, we don't care. We don't <laughs> I'm, care. I'm, we're here to tell you we don't care. Like, <laughs> just, just get the fifth, man. Just solve. I the wrote problem. the exact same thing in my mailbag today. I was just like, it doesn't like really. It really doesn't matter. Just get it done. And you know what else, Andrew? Before Laval could use a goalie right now, really badly. So like, it's actually it's, it's having good. an effect throughout the organization. They Sorry really to interrupt there. Although Laval had, uh, they won, what, 5-1 yesterday? Yeah, their first That's win in uh, eight games. So uh, right now, <laughs> oh, yeah. And, but actually, Jakub Dobesh was, and I can't blame him, man, because <laughs> you know you know those videos where there's like a room with way too many cats and you can smell how many cats are there and it's 
definitely definitely a single person living with those cats and like a ski falls <laughs> and the cats just lose their minds that's how the laval rocket play defense like it's it's you have logan mayu with more tone turnovers than a grand opening at a bakery like you, you have you just it's it's a really bad situation for the goalies as well so i know they're at like an 860 and an 882 but when strauss man is is your big savior in that there's an there's a bigger issue than the goaltending right yeah, that is not not great. Uh, no. David C says, could they try to send Allen to the AHL? This, I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think it would be a huge insult to a guy. Who's and the been PWHL such a, would get involved. A good person. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, the P- that PWHL. Too. Sorry, <laughs> I'm thinking about the hockey that I want to watch soon, but the uh, Players Association and okay. uh, what you mentioned there, Andrew. Before I cut you off, is the most important part because Allen played nice last year and. It doesn't matter how nice he played. You know, deep down inside, he wants to play, right? Like nobody yep. likes being relegated to the mentor role. Um, you don't have to play nice for two years in a row. So yeah, that's, I don't think that's going to happen. If you found a spot for Casey the Smith, you're you're going to find a spot for Jake Allen. Yes, agreed. A hundred percent. And I think doing right by Allen and getting him into a, a position where he's on a, a good team that has a chance is, yeah. is important. I think that's like the main holdup here is putting yeah. him in a situation that he deserves to be in because he's been such a good veteran leader for this team. Uh, Kay says Tanner Pearson will miss four to six weeks. Uh, you know what? That's four to six weeks. That's, that's not bad. All things considered. Cause it was the same hand, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was actually like pretty scary. If you think about it, I was like, Oh man, here go. Like, I hope his career is not over, you know? So yeah. And he was just starting to play well again, which kind of sucks. But. He, he, okay. So this week, the last 10 games, Slavkovsky led the team in high, high danger chances and expected individual XG. Then it was, uh, oh, actually Caulfield in IXG, um, Slavkovsky and Tanner Pearson was third in the last 10 really? games. Yeah. Yeah. Very surprising. Mm-hmm. I, I will say that top line tonight, it was the first time since they got put together where I thought they, they didn't were look really good. fighting it. I think yeah. it's probably too easy to write it off because you want to stay positive. But mm-hmm. I do think that that line carried the bag so severely against Buffalo last night that they are the guys who I would most expect to be tired. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, like they, they were I'm really fighting. Their stats right now. They were really fighting. They were the worst line tonight uh, overall. Um, but... Oh, so what, but it's their first game where they're not the best line in yes. every important metric. Okay. Yes. Well then, yeah, that's, that's fun. Hey man, they were, they finished with 70% XGF. What am I? What am I seeing here? What I'm seeing forty five for Caulfield. Oh, I'm just looking situations. at their uh, their full line, uh, their their five on five. But again, it was a it was a disjointed game for. Uh, oh, maybe for they five were just on terrible five away from each other. Who knows? Yeah, they had some the, good shifts, right? But it seemed like they couldn't make the last play. I don't. I don't believe this. I'm looking at it now, Andrew, and I can't. I I don't know. Like it says that they outshot, and I guess you know by the end of the third period they were pretty. Uh, the Habs were in control, right? So that does make yeah. sense to me. They said a three to one advantage in high danger chances. I, I Andrew, I think the risk is that how long does? Did you notice the other day, Nick Suzuki said, "I hope we stay together for a while," because yes. and and that really resonated with me because I'm like, okay, so this guy knows that the process is good, but also you need to see results. So I think that was his little hint to the coach. To say like, hey man, I know we haven't necessarily, you know, put the whole league on fire, but we're doing good things. So give us another chance. So yeah, I uh, I, I like what I'm seeing there. But I, I my worry, Andrew, is that say we eventually say my first line has to score, and and that's fair too. Yeah, I mean, you would think eventually that might 
be something that they have to think about, but it shouldn't be. It's not a huge all, issue. All, right? all the little things they're doing right. The scoring should happen before they have to make that decision. At least I hope so. Mm-hmm. I mean, Caulfield last night could have had four goals, right? Uh, nine shots mm-hmm. on goal, eight scoring chances. Sofkowski had two really, really good ones, good ones too. Yes, like he, if he would have raised up, excellent. I'll, I'll say this, I like, and I know I love his pr- progress, man. If he can get into lifting the puck a little bit more, yes, Sofkowski would have twelve goals this year. <laughs> it, it's like the timing of his shot needs to be slightly better and that's the kind of thing where because he's improved in so many other areas and like he's gonna Mm -hmm. figure it out uh i saw on twitter that they're actually having him work with a a shooting coach uh mr shooting coach right mr shot (laughs) but they probably had their worst shooting game the day after isn't that like there's no correlation whatsoever but the next day they went out and and actually no they they had a few that Two chances against the Kings, I think. <laughs> but yeah, no, I love it. Bring in all the shooting coaches, all of them. Yeah, got got to try something. I mean, the development is not like the development path is clearly not over. Otherwise, we'd expect be expecting a lot more point production mm-hmm. from everyone, right? But uh, overall, really strong from them. And you know, I was saying they were the guys that should be most tired. But uh, Mike Matheson played thirty minutes last last night, and outside of missing like one. Uh, odd broken face-off play where they cause a shorthanded chance against. I thought he was excellent again tonight. And yeah. And I don't know, blame him for that play either. No, no, it was, uh, I think it was Monaghan that kind of chipped it right it to would, the middle. It would have been a, a two on one instead of a three on one, you know, like it, yeah. it's, it's, it's me. I look more at the missed chances, right? That three, three on one where they didn't shoot. Andrew, there's some things that really bug me. And that's when you don't get a shot on a three on one. Oh, that's there should be some sort of punishment, special punishment, like not too harsh. Um, did you ever watch White TV way back in the the before four time? There was a show called You Can't Do That on Television, and they get slimed. If you, I do remember, yeah, that. okay. So, um, Jay, I, um, yeah, Jay was on that show. So it was Alanis Morissette, and uh, who else? Um, the uh, the one who's married to um. Alicia Cuthbert was on that show. Anyways, the point is they got slimed, and if you don't shoot on a three on one, you should get slimed. Just slimed right away. That's my oh, poor poor Josh Anderson. The one time he tries to make a pass, it just goes off uh, on a weird angle. Uh, it must have been up on its edge or something. Hey, where hit Monahan's stick. I'm gonna go one whole episode without saying anything bad about Josh Anderson. That's. I mean, I thought he played hard tonight. Uh, the yeah. same issues constantly prop up, but again, <laughs> what can you do? Josh Anderson's Josh Anderson. You know what? Let's talk about some players that actually impressed us tonight, aside from Jake Allen, who was uh, absolutely splendid in goal and UC Saros, who was mm-hmm. just as good, if not better. I mean, obviously better because uh, he only allowed one goal and the Canadians literally doubled the predators and expected goals in this game. At, it at was one of their five. best games of the season. That's the, crazy it was a part. really yeah. strong game. Like, I think mm-hmm. we can't lose mm-hmm. sight of that in the fact that it was a loss, mm-hmm. but Brandon Gallagher, was an absolute yeah. beast tonight. Full Gallagher mode. He like he looked like playoff Gallagher with the blood dripping down his face. He yeah. was just determined. Um, that line, <laughs> if you look at their expected goals, is ludicrous. Christian Dvorak, ninety-seven percent tonight. Oh, yeah, I was just picturing a, a ludicrous, like actual ludicrous, was there. <laughs> I'm I'm very tired. Sorry. They just started rapping, and the Predators didn't know what to do. They're like, "No, we're a country music team." Fourth line was was very Ja Rule, and it's uh okay. Yeah, they were pretty. Yeah, eh? that was a good line. Yeah, Christian and then uh, people are saying Jake Evans as well. 
Yeah, shout out to Jake Evans, for who scored on a broken play. I think it was a very Jake Evans goal. It, it was, it was a mistake. Canadians... The pass was a bad pass, but it came right yep. back to him. I'm like, yes. That, and I think the timing of it, right? Like, the team could have easily been rattled after the no goal call, but Jake Evans is like, head down, go to work, guys, yep. let's do it, and gets them back into the game. He does that a lot. He does that a lot. That's he like does his, that a his, lot. Yeah, yeah. And and you, Andrew, we, we, it's funny, he, he went, what, the longest scoreless streak of the year? Well... Pretty much, right? Because Anderson eventually scored, um, and no one was talking about it. So I think that goes to show, like they'll, they'll throw him in every RDS, uh, um, you know, graphic where it says the guys haven't scored in this long, but not a single Habs fan has complained about Jake Evans, who's who only scored has scored in the first game of the year, and I think that kind of says it all. He deserves, he deserves a few more bounces. Let's put it that way. And he's getting married there soon, so he does. And I've yeah. liked the way he's looked offensively playing with Sean Monahan. Yeah, well, that was, I was going to say that too, right? Because the other part, Andrew, and sometimes I wanted to write about, hey, like Evans is getting buried on that fourth line so at times. Mm-hmm. But you look at him and he's essentially that, that, you know, that old sea captain that you can trust that you're throwing two greenhorns with at all times. Like he's getting the dregs, right? And the goal is survive in a lot of cases. And, and it's really, really tough usage. So yeah, I'm, I have no issue with Jake Evans only having, even if he wouldn't have scored tonight, wouldn't have made a difference. Yeah, I mean, even just his work on the penalty kill yeah. has been excellent all year long. Like, he's yeah. been very, very consistent in the things that we expect Jake Evans to do well. Mm-hmm. He has done well. He's yeah. played with a revolving door of line mates, as he almost always does. Almost always, yeah. Terrible, terrible usage. Terrible usage. Yeah, it's tough. I I wish he had a bit more scoring touch, because I think it would secure his spot in the lineup long term more. You could talk about him being a third-line but... center, but that's not really realistic. Well, yeah. And then he, he's ideally where he should be. And there's a lot of value in not pushing that too much, right? Like you and me, Andrew, True. we've talked about this a lot. Guys like uh, Jack Guy or, or even, uh, you know, whatever guys playing well in the third line, sometimes going up one more line is actually not the best thing, right? So it's the Peter principle. You eventually get promoted to the point where you're yeah. not good anymore. So I, Jake Evans in the fourth line, that's fine. That's good. And and a lot of people have talked about Owen Beck taking his spot, et cetera. Well, Owen Beck has... I mean, if he ends up being a fourth liner, that's great. But you're looking at him as more of a third line center, right? So yeah. Evans has his place in the lineup right now. And as, uh, well, actually, was it uh, Trinka or Chizak? It was Trinka, I think. Oh, I got it. I got it this time. It was Trinka says, yeah, Jake Evans deserves tous les fleurs. And I agree. He deserves all the praise. 100%. Uh, what was I going to say here? I, I lost my train of thought completely. Oh, you know who looked uh, pretty decent tonight, honestly, was David Savard. First game back after a long time off. <laughs> only two slides. <laughs> yeah, only two slides. Rick Green will be yelling at him on Wednesday on the you HIO know what? One show. One of them was really nice. So it was, a, it was a Hall Gill-esque slide. So that's fine. But he, he made some good plays tonight. I, I thought he acquitted himself well. I thought he would look mm-hmm. more rusty. I was I was pretty impressed with David Savard. He, uh, for a guy that, again, we were just talking about being placed in situations that are probably above their skill level. I, I think he looked really, really good. And as much as statistically you can look at Savon and say, like, there's an issue here with him playing there. When other players have been slotted in that top uh, pairing spot, they've done much worse than David Savon. Like, that's the, that's the crazy part is right now he's probably their best option at, on that top pair right defense, right? And you're like, wait, do you, do you trust Kovacevic? We're just talking about the Peter principle here. Kovacevic fourth uh, you know your fourth defenseman at most you don't want him to go above that ideally third yeah. pairing um gustav lindstrom 
has the no. worst statistics in the history of the NHL <laughs> because <laughs> the because history of the NHL. Well, Andrew, I'm pretty sure like he's at like 31% XGF. It's incredible it's how he's getting massacred and it's not his fault. It's not that handsome boy's fault whatsoever. But uh, so yes, I've all coming back. This is crazy. I never thought I'd say this is probably uh, comforting for, <laughs> for a lot of the, those defensive players. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's also fun to have uh, dad back in the room, right? Because he's he's team Le dad. Papa. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's uh, he's taking care of everyone, and those young players get to learn from him. And you know, now Jaden Struble gets to play with him a little bit. And again, another strong game from Jaden Struble. Yeah, I thought it doesn't it seem probably, to miss a beat. It's probably his toughest game, Andrew. But the bar is just sky high for him, right? I'm the guy that was saying after four games, like, well, cool it. You know, he's been good after ten games. If this is a meritocracy, he's in the lineup, you know, forevermore, like, or until things change. Simple, simple, Andrew. And he drives the offense. What I don't understand, everyone thinks he's really good defensively. He's okay. But what he does really well, quick puck retrievals, quick exits, yep. drives the offense, man. When when, when Jaden Struble's on the ice, the Habs create more high danger chances than when any other defenseman's on the ice. And it's all about that simple puck retrieval, quick one-two pass. Boom, you're gone up the ice. That's what Yeah, what I like about him is like he'll make an extra move, but mm -hmm. it's quick, right? He'll change yeah. the angle just to get a better pass. Yeah. He he finds players very well. Smart player. Yeah. Yeah. He, he puts the puck in good places, right? He doesn't give his partner shitty things to deal with. No. No. no <laughs> He's no. like in in some ways kind of opposite Justin Barron. I was just I'm not trying to trash Justin Barron because I went on a big he was fine. We went on a deep dive with on him uh, last night with Sebastian High and I talked about like one of the biggest issues that I have with Justin Barron is he plays like a guy who's significantly more skilled than he actually is. <laughs> and like sometimes that pays off really well and sometimes it very much does not. And I I think that at the end of his skill development, Baron will be closer to the player that he thinks he is, and it'll be less of an issue. Mm -hmm. But right now, there are days or weeks sometimes where he gets into these ruts, and it's super frustrating. <laughs> and Struble so far just plays very within his skill yeah. set, and that is a good thing in the There's NHL more to come to, Andrew. There's more to the come. Bottom I... half of the lineup. Absolutely. Yes. And it's, it's the key is not making mistakes. There's more to come. I promise you. Struble is just taking it by like incremental, you know, stages. But with to go back to Baron real quick, is you ever watch dog shows? Did you ever watch the Westminster dog show? No. Okay. No, well, Mark, I don't watch the Westminster dog. Show. Westminster. Are you saying, well, okay. I hope the chat's got my back because the Westminster dogs show is the shit. You're the, you're the weird one for not watching the Westminster dog show. Um, is that one anyways, where they like run courses? Yeah. Or is yeah. It yeah. Yeah. Dogs? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, it's both. It's both. They'll okay. do like, there's the weird one where they're, where the, the judge like, yeah. Anyways, but I'm where they, like about... lift up the tail and they're like, look at this Whoop, dog's yeah, yeah. butthole. What a perfect dog butthole. Who wants that job? Some the people who have that job weirdly are a up, lot of are. people they are fucked up. It's not just that. Is oftentimes to get the dog to go taut. The they'll they'll like if it's a male the anyway, blow right. They'll or they'll like a little tug tug. Anyways, but no 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 like just a quick like whoop and you yeah so the dog like yeah look up. I'm, I'm telling scared. you, I'm sure it works. It worked yesterday where your Sofkowski got poked in the balls and he reacted real quick. But anyways, <laughs> what I'm trying to say here is that Baron is. <laughs> he's that like border collie that's super intense and if he's reacting to everything it's great it's like he's going through the course super quickly but if he gets distracted for like it's half over. a second it's over he's running down the field he forgot yeah. his plate you know what i mean so if he relies on his instincts i think justin baron 
it could be a pretty darn good three, four, but the moment that he overthinks it, it just boom, he's running yeah. to go sniff another dog's butt. Yeah. I, I do think the, the coaching staff needs to talk to Baron and just tell him like play on your instincts and play quick. The more time you take, the worse your decision making is, which is, yeah, yeah I know. That's <laughs> it's, and I swear, I'm not trying there's to no, be mean, but it, no it nice is way to true it. right now. It is yeah. true right now. Like that's part of what makes Struble so effective is that he's playing quick, making quick decisions Smart, and quick, simple. If Efficient. you need to think too much, mm-hmm. oftentimes teams find ways to put pressure on you yeah. or gaps close, right? Like, Sometimes you like, you also don't want to force plays. There was a few moments tonight where like Caden Gooley had, uh, I think it was the second goal, tried to force a play and, and it didn't work. Although I thought he was well, he did well tonight overall. Are you talking about the, the play where it ended up being the goal against? Yes. Yeah. Where he tried to just smack I, it. You know what? I, okay. Out. Well, here I'll say this and I, 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 I tend to defend the defenseman a lot, but he only had one outlet and yes, actually he didn't have one outlet. He he was he was forcing Slavkovsky to be like, hey buddy, like give me an outlet, and Slavkovsky reacted really slowly to it. So, it, yeah, it wasn't a great pass, but he was under duress, he was under pressure, and no one was helping him out. Slavkovsky had to be giving him that outlet, and Slavkovsky was kind of asleep there. So, yeah, what what I was saying during the game, Andrew, is that when Caden Gooley doesn't have a perfect game, the Habs lose. And, and it's not fair, yeah, that's right? Not, that's not incorrect. <laughs> like, that's, I'm serious. Anytime that he's not, like, when the game score comes out and he's not just dominant, Habs lose. So he can't make a mistake, and that's not fair for a 21-year-old. But it just 22? wants to show... 22? No, is he 21 still? Yeah. 21. I don't know. But it, but it, regardless, you know, second year in, and uh, he, it shows how important he is to the Montreal Canadiens. Like, he's not a perfect player yet. And it, his, I'd say he's probably undergoing his worst stretch of the year um, but you shouldn't be relying on a 21 or 22 year old, right? Like that's, that's a bit much. Yeah. Let's, let's continue talking about the defense. Cause there's people are interested in this, but uh, before we continue, please like the stream. If mm. you're here and enjoying the show, please subscribe to SDPN. Take the link here uh, at the top of the screen or hit the share bar on YouTube and share us on your favorite social media. If you really like <laughs> us, subscribe to the podcast on Apple and Spotify. It really helps us out. And uh, yeah, so uh, Trizak asks, is there room on the team for a struble Jacki pairing? Somebody would have to play on their offside, but yeah. good Lord, good luck in front of the net. Yeah, exactly. Actually, Trizak had a better comment. Can someone clip Andrew saying, what is a bur- what a perfect dog butthole for black blackmail purposes? And I would like that if we could get someone on audio. I Please Andrew, don't do that. I, I'm, you know, the, the issue, <laughs> the issue is puck retrieval, right? And I think you would have to play Jack Eye on the wrong side there. Um, I remember at one point they were just trying to see if um, Harris could play on his offside and it, it just wasn't working out. A lot of guys have a hard time just retrieval and getting the puck out on their backhand. So um, I, I'm not obsessed with it though, but Martin Saint-Louis does like his LDRD. I mean, it, it's clear, right, Andrew? Most coaches do. Most coaches do. And it's so much easier for me to say, fuck it. But in terms of puck retrieval, there's a real risk there. Um, yeah, in front of the net, man, you're gonna be eating lumber. You're gonna be, you're gonna be, yeah, you're gonna be eating more lumber than a woodchuck. But um, I don't think it'll happen with Saint Louis. But I will say this: statistically speaking, those are the two guys that we shouldn't be worried about right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like th- th- those guys both deserve a spot in the lineup. Whether or not they do get one, that's a little more complicated. But um, hey, man, like 
Jack Eye in the AHL is not the biggest deal, but it's crazy to me now that he took so many big steps this year and his numbers are so much better. And all of a sudden people are saying that he's bad and he needs to work in that. Like, I don't get I it. Don't know where that's I'm, come from. I'm so confused. Like it's, yeah, it's weird to me. Let's be realistic here. Like Jack Eye has excellent underlying numbers. Oh my God. Year. The best on the team. Like, like, not even close. And last year, that frankly wasn't the case. Well, last he started he, good and then. Yeah, he started decent and then dipped, right? Then but he like, started to fight The dip too much, was yeah. longer than the good start. If yeah, you know but, I mean. but you can, like, I tracked it with his fights and there was actually like a constant. It was really weird. Again, not, not a causation correlation, but you can tell his shoulder started hurting him about midway through the year. Yeah. But yeah, I so, don't get it. I, yo, Jack has been really good and... One of the issues is Sandy wants more from him. And again, back to that Peter principle, Andrew. Jack Guy doesn't need to be on the top four. He doesn't need to be scoring goals. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, he's good at defending the rush. And when other teams on the ice, they don't get many high danger chances. That's what you want for your third pairing defenseman. So to me, this whole Jack Guy conversation is crazy. I, I He should be in the NHL. Absolutely. He will be soon, I think. I, mm-hmm. I mean, the way I see the whole demotion thing is... He was off for a while. They have the luxury of starting him out like slow in the American Hockey League. Yeah, yeah. And I, what Super I said last night up. on the show was, I think this shows that the Montreal Canadiens believe that Jacky can be more. Maybe yes. he can't. That person, but if they can get him to develop his game even further in a lower pressure situation, then come back and be you know like one step up from what he was. Even if he doesn't move up the depth chart, that increases your baseline right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Jacai is such a unicorn in the way that he plays i mean we were talking last night that you know the rumors uh pushed by uh george Laroque there on the french side uh that he was gonna get traded. which ones absolutely <laughs> no fucking sense let's which be ones? real here they're not sending him down to the american hockey league to trade him that doesn't like what do you Small where job. does that even it, that the, the circle does not square the math is not mathing but <laughs> if they do end up trading Jackai, they're going to get an absolute king's ransom because like a first round pick or something this guy i swear to god it'll look good a first round pick from him i swear you might god. get more than that with how young he <laughs> isn't is. that crazy isn't that like and me if i'm i'm on any team i'm saying like guys he's good but like calm down we do not want to give up a first rounder for him i i i, I will say this yesterday was the first time in my life that i kind of agreed with other people about the whole like it would be nice to have him here just to just to wrangle some guy's neck and i oh yeah I, I know it's not great to say that, but it would have been fun just to have Jack Eye there to the to to really send a message as in a like, you know, yeah, we're rebuilding, but you can't be going after our stars. You know, I, I thought the Habs actually responded really well as a team. Um, but you know, Andrew, for about 50 years, people have been saying that uh teams have a big uh, they play scared when a guy like Jack Eye's on the ice. I haven't ever seen it as much as this. And I've been watching hockey for for better part of 40 years, right? So this is the first time in a long time that a guy's mere presence makes everyone calm down. Yeah, and, uh, I think just, the, you know, the big difference is because I think we were fed that line for so long for guys like Ryan Reeves or George yeah, Rock just, or, which or wasn't Donald Brashear. No. Guys that play five minutes yeah. a night, yeah. 10 for Reeves when he was good. Yeah. You know, and Jack, yeah, I can those play 12 20. games. <laughs> yeah. Jack, I can play 20. He's a defenseman. So forwards are going to have to interact with him and get in his space. Mm-hmm. And he deals out punishment in multiple different ways. Right. He's not just a fighter. He yeah. will crush his nice breakouts too. And like, yeah, and he's hard to play against. That's the thing, right? Like he uses his physicality really well and there's good physicality and useless mm-hmm. physicality in this league. And Jack, I is 
very, very useful in his physicality. I think that's the biggest difference, right? Is, yeah, maybe he might miss you with his check, but you know what? He's probably also going to slash you in the back of the calves there when you're going by, and a, that's going to hurt too because one. A solid he's one. got the strength of 10 men. He's yeah. like uh, <laughs> Aladdin when he's got the genie there. Like, that's no, absolutely that's Jack guy. He's he, so mutant strong. And if he cleans up his penalties, which I feel like actually... You know, I do defend referees a lot, but I feel like he gets the rough ride. He's getting kind of getting like the PK Subban rookie treatment a little bit. You know, like you it's came the, in the PK. Well, PK Subban, his whole career treatment, except yes. that guy's not but, black. Yeah, well, yeah, but it's the whole like, oh, you made a lot of noise when you you jumped on the scene. You know, like how dare you? You like you're just a rookie. Um, but if he cleans up those penalties, man, yeah, he's, he's very he, even with the penalties, he's probably has a positive impact. But if he cleans up those penalties. Arbor Jacka is a guy that you can throw on your third line and know that you're sorry, your third pairing and know that it's going to be a good third pairing. And there's so much value for that. And you're not going to spend 5 million a year on him. So yeah, there, there's, as Jean Small mentions here, Jacka should aim to emulate Gudis. Jacka already has better numbers than Gudis had at that same age. And Gudis, I believe had been playing longer. Right. So yeah, like, I, but now we're not going to say that he's going to be better than Gudis, but um yeah, if he could be pure defense, no offense, kind of like Gudis, hey, that's that's a win. That's a huge win for the Habs and for a team that, let's be honest, kind of got his ass kicked for about 20, 30 years there. Um, it's fun to be the one that other other fans are complaining about. You know what I mean, Andrew? Yes. Like, like in all those battles with the Bruins, like it was fun because they were the villains, but it was always that the Habs kind of getting chased after, right? So... I don't mind seeing like this reminds me I go almost back to the Chris Nyland days seeing you got that one guy that you know no one's going to want to mess with on your team and there's value there entertainment value too Andrew in this rebuild they're not all going to be fun games but like has there ever been an NHL or play so few shifts be that entertaining in the history of the league I don't know man everything about Arbor Jack I is good and he should be playing in the NHL but as you mentioned to get all the way back to it the fact that the Habs are going to play him there and be like hey man like if we didn't believe in you, Norlander would be playing and you would be in the press box. That's good. That's good. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I mean, so they, you know, they're not giving up on him. They don't think he's a show. So I like that. I like the idea that even at the beginning of the year, I suggested sending him to Laval just to start, just to start because there was no spots. You know, people got angry, but I'm like, no, that's because I actually think there's value there. If I you didn't, believe in him. I'd have him as my seventh guy that sits. But instead, and this is bad news for Norlander, but he was the guy that clearly they're like, hey, like we're going to give you big paychecks, but don't even bring your skates to Montreal. You know, I feel like Arbor's got like his next uh, intimidation tactic. He's got to start just like grabbing guys sticks. And when he takes a hold in the stick penalty, just snap it. Just, just not even like use, with one not hand, even use two like... hands, one hand snap. <laughs> just He crushes it and it turns to dust. And he's like, ugh. Graphite <laughs> dust. <laughs> yeah, man. He's he's and you'll see too the guys how quickly they'll back off. It's it's beautiful to see, you know, especially again for the Habs, just because it was always the small skilled team, right? So yeah, I know this wasn't Arbor Jack, I wasn't even playing tonight, but he's the guy that we've spoken about the most in this post-game episode. It just like just goes to show. Um, yeah, it really is the unicorn, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's become a, a folk hero already. And we haven't even seen him in the playoffs. My God, can you imagine oh, Arbor Jack guy in the playoffs? <laughs> Suspension When the galore. whistles go oh, yeah. away? Yeah, yeah. They're going like, to have to have like 100 brawls. sticks on the bench. He's going to be snapping so many over guys' backs. Brawls there. Big old brawls there, you know? Do you, do you ever, okay, you know, there's a there's um one of those guys that does the, like the, the freakishly large, uh, like Mr., um, what do you call it there? Universe, like competitions. There's one guy, yep. Ron Body Coleman. Builders. Yeah, Coleman, and he, he was actually a police officer 
for a while. And that's what you need like for the referee. <laughs> when when Jack Eye is in the playoffs, you need like a, a Coleman, Mr. Universe size. Human. All of a sudden, Jack Eye in the playoffs, the lines would come in. They've got the cutoffs because they can't find sleeves big enough. You <laughs> had to hire some new guys who could, yeah, exactly. could wrestle them down. Andrew, that's exactly what I was picturing because in his cop uniform, like it, it, yeah, they go right up to his shoulders. So that's exactly what I was picturing. But yeah, oh, man. I, he, he's going to be full. He, he doesn't have the Shea Weber immunity yet, but he's going to be an annoying guy in the playoffs. And I've never had more fans from other teams come and say like, fuck, I hate him. And I love him so much, so much, <laughs> you know? So that that's, that's a good sign. I still get a certain amount of satisfaction from how much Steve Dangle hates Alexi Emelin. And he, he's so convinced that Emelin was like the dirtiest hitter. I'm like, man, I'm a, an Emelin hater in terms of hockey. Right? You guys have very heavy emotions about Alexi Yemelin. Like, I don't give a shit about that. Apparently, (laughs) he just really hates Alexi Yemelin. And I was like, if you go and look at every single hit Alexi Yemelin ever laid. Beautiful, man. Maybe 5% were Towards the end, a couple. couple. Yes, as as he lost his foot speed. But as they used him. Yeah, they used him. And the uh, when they were doing the, um, like, the videos about how to properly hip check, it was the Alexi Yemelin show. And I'm, I'm, now I have strong feelings about this. Screw you, Steve, Steve Dangle. Emlyn was one of the last hip checkers in the league, and that sucks yeah. that, that we lost him. So his you know why Steve Cole caught on uh, Eric Cole, but still. You hip know, checks. Yeah. You know why he hates him? Because Steve's a huge Jerome McGinley guy. And when you remember the game against the Colorado Avalanche where the Canadians won like 8 nothing or something? I don't know what I ate for ago. breakfast. Yeah, and sure. uh, yeah. at the end of the game, somebody came down, streaking down the wing, trying to like go out to the outside and cut inside around Emelin and Emelin oh, laid them and, out and they, and said they, they shouldn't went, have hit him there. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. went ass over tea kettle. And then again, tried to fight him and it was like, yeah, just cause it's eight one doesn't mean he's going to let you pass. Like, what do you expect? I, I'll say this. Do? And I bet you, if you ask again, now he'll say, I'm glad he did it. Cause, and he'd still react by trying to fight him, but laying up, laying off your opponent is the biggest insult in professional sports. hundred percent. If it's like, 20 to zero, I still want you to give your best. If you take pity on me, then I will lose my mind. But when man, teams run out their like sports. fourth line for a power play at the end of a no, 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 no. That's game, insulting. that's, so that's way insulting. more insulting. Absolutely. Yeah. Way more insulting. No, the only thing that I, I guess the, the bad taste in her mouth is that Emeline essentially ended Subban's career in Montreal yes, he did. with his ass. Yep. <laughs> with his bum. It sucks. Yeah. So like, let's move on from Alexi Emelin and take some questions. The last scene we saw was, was Subban being stretchered out because he got he got ass rammed by literally by uh, Emelin's bum. Yeah, yeah, we're getting corrected from Evan and Kay and uh, David that it was a ten to one game. Those are always a fun. Shit. It could be forty to one. I don't care. I yeah. really hate it when anyone says like, "Oh, we don't like that you put your best power play unit on." Fine, don't let them be. Don't let them be on the power play when they're winning ten one. Yeah, you know? I, I think you look to the attitude that teams have in the World Juniors, right? Go for it. You, you yeah. have, like, Kazakhstan against Canada, and they win 16-1. to 1, And you talk to, like, the Kazakh players after, and the, like, the best, media best availability is great. And they're like, yeah, it was just an honor to play this and, and, like, be on the same ice as a team this good. It's going to make us better. That's mm-hmm. the attitude that you have to have mm-hmm. when you're getting blown out. Like, if they let off the gas, so that means they don't respect you. Bingo, bango. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So, I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100. Keep going all the way till the end. Even, even if it's a charity thing, 
with an athlete and a sick kid in a hospital, you you go for that extra touchdown while you're playing Madden. You know what I mean? Like you go for it. Yeah. All right. So let's get some questions here. Yeah. Uh, Jean Simard has our first one. Says, should Kent Hughes try and get the bag for Matheson at the deadline? Yes. <laughs> a lot of contenders would kill for a mobile defenseman in their top four on a great contract for their next three years. I, I it's a. I would trade him if the package is good. Like I'm not looking at like a. Tyler to I want a nice package, package too. It has like to a, be better than that. Yeah, like, a, like, what would you say? Because it's going to be a team competing. But keep in mind, Andrew, he has the 64th highest cap hit amongst all defensemen, and I believe he's top 12 now for points per game or just your 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 pace for the season. Like that's a huge value. Any team could use him. Um, uh, like you're gonna get the type of thing where it's like a 28th overall pick and a B plus. Project. Yeah, it has to be better than that. Like yeah. for me to move on from Matheson because he's so important to the young players on this pick, team. Good prospect. It, it has to be an excellent prospect and it'd have to be like an unprotected first, not this year. It yes. has to be Smart in the future. Deferring, yeah. Yeah, I, I want it to be in a year that we don't know where where your team is landing. I want to rely on the randomness, similar Calgary to that Florida style, thing yeah. with the with yeah. the Sherratt thing. And it, ha- it has to be a significant return. I'm thinking like bigger than the Toffoli return, bigger than the Lackanem return, bigger than Mathis, the Sherratt return. Yeah. Um, especially the cap is going up, Andrew. So his overall hit on the cap is just going to shrink, you know? I, yeah. yeah I, I, I would say, and the issue is with them is that he does his values at his highest right now. It's kind of like with the Montambo situation, except that, he's three years older, right? Two years older. So he's not going to be there, right? Like he's going to start to decline when the Habs are going to be ready to compete. So, yeah. But here's the other part that sucks, man. He started Quebecois. He's in Montreal and he loves playing here. Like there's so few of them and he's good. You know what I mean? There's so yep. few local guys that enjoy playing for the Habs. Ah, That's the thing. I think it's not enough to, to, to turn down. Yeah, It has to be a fantastic offer, right? Mm-hmm. But... I would not be upset if the Canadians let Matheson play out his whole contract here and then he just goes somewhere else. Like, I, I think his value is very strong in multiple different ways to this organization. Mm-hmm. As you said, not very many local guys come back. Not very that many local good. guys come back and excel. He's ninth in the league in ice time per game. And, and without and him, I don't in, know what in, the in defense looks like. like. That's Okay, yeah. without him, Caden Gooley, like... Godspeed, you know what I mean? We saw yeah. what happened when Mike Matheson wasn't there, and I love Caden Gooley, big fan, but he's already taken on more than he should. So, I, yeah. Again, going back to it, as long as you get a get a good package there, as long as you get a nice package, then sure. But it, it's it's one of those where you make the decision, you're like, man, that 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 kind of hurts. You have to take emotion out of it. Yeah, I think Kay is losing it over you talking about how much you want a good package. Yeah, I, well, I want to see a good package. I didn't, I didn't yeah. necessarily said I'd accept it. I want to see the package first. <laughs> just want to see it. So send, uh, send Mark miss... your unsolicited package pictures. Just ideas. It doesn't have to like. You could be a sketch. Just it doesn't have to be a final <laughs> product. A there. Yeah, like the beginning is super bad there. Desheeran mm-hmm. uh, says uh, wildly off topic, but are the Oilers actually back like for real this time? Yeah, well, they were always so. good. Yeah. They, the underlying numbers were always stellar, but, but Connor just, McDavid still didn't had get shit goaltending. Like. Yeah, from, from what I've heard, Connor McDavid played through a torn muscle in his hip. Why? Well, how do you? How... 
Because the team was failing miserably, and he felt like he had to play. Oh, yeah. I remember him. That's like uh, some of the warm-ups where you could tell he was – it was one of those he's not going to take his boot off in the first period, right? Yeah. He he doesn't look hurt now, though, does he? Holy shit. Well, him him hurt is still, like, (laughs) you know, better than everyone else. But, uh, yeah, I I would still acquire a goalie from them. And they don't – again, we were talking about earlier. They don't need a guy that's going to dominate, you know? Um, They don't have to – their package doesn't have to be that nice is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, uh, Desheeran also asks, uh, passing on from Matheson, what about potentially trading Monaghan at the deadline? Uh, Monaghan oh, is 100% he's gone. being traded. He's gone. Tanner Pearson, if he's healthy, he's gone. Yeah. Um, who else? There was another one I had in my mind. Uh, hmm. If they get anything for Allen, he's gone too. Oh, I almost made it two episodes without trading a goalie. Damn it. Um, we're not going to go another episode without trading a goalie this whole no, season. No, actually, well, I mean, from what I'm hearing, and I hate doing this because like, I hear so many stupid things. Um, it's if there's something that's going to happen, it's going to happen soon. So there's my vague nothingism make me sound like I'm in the know for the episode. But uh, yeah, there's 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 some sticks and the irons in the fire. You know what I mean? Yeah, a hundred percent. There there's going to be something uh, might happen, but it might not. Is what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> <laughs> Bernardo Sanier says, "When will Jaden Struble win the Norris this year?" Yeah, sure, absolutely. Who else is going to take it from him? Quinn Hughes? Yeah. Oh, hey, Andrew. Settle that with an you. arm wrestling Andrew, competition. I have a question for you. Someone from Winnipeg is trying to use the the SDPN the Zoom. If I if I allow, am I going to get cut off? Uh, I I don't know. But I think I, I have would... to allow them because I think they're hosting. Yeah, that'd probably be Alyssa. So... Okay, so get ready to go to a one. Okay, I'll, I'll, you know what? Why don't we wrap the show and let okay. Alyssa take sure. on? Because we've gone enough time here anyway yeah, for yeah, this game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks everyone for watching. Thanks everyone for, for commenting here. Yeah, Seeing all the regulars, <coughs> excuse me, is fantastic. Hopefully, the next time I won't be on the edge of a cold here. Mark, you live with kids. Jumping on last minute, you're, too. You're, you're always going to be sick. This is true, but I try my best not to be. All right, everyone. Great Thanks so much. Tonight. We'll Great see you tonight. again on Game Over Montreal. When's the next game, Mark? You know? Pittsburgh Wednesday. Pittsburgh Wednesday. Mark is hosting. It should be a fun one. We got to book some guests coming up here. Mark and I are going to have to. And we're going to talk goalies again. So Salted One just joined us. We're going to, we're wrapping up, but we're going to talk goalies next episode. I promise. Absolutely. All right, folks. We'll see you then. Bye, Glenn. Game!